You are listening to Audio Drama in a Darker Shade at darkerprojects.com. And now our feature presentation. Beyond the life-giving glow of our own sun, the infinite void of dark space stretches to places where reality is only limited by our imagination. It is from these blackest reaches of the universe that we bring you Dark Matter, an anthology of original audio science fiction from Darker Projects. This is Paul Mannering. In the future, mankind is taking the second great leap towards the stars. On the first manned mission to Mars, astronauts Fred and Janine are going to make history. In the shadow of the red planet, they will find that true dark matter is born in the darkness of the human heart. Darker Projects presents Heroes, an original science fiction audio drama by Robert Tinsley. Welcome back. Was the surface of the red planet as red as all pictures showed? You bet, buddy. It was red all right, but the photographs didn't even begin to do it justice. Wish I could have been there. Me too, buddy. But I'm afraid your body just couldn't tolerate being on the Mars surface. Or the surface of any other planet, for that matter. Does that still bother you? I thought you'd work past that. I have. It was simply a statement of fact. Having a body the size and mass of a small skyscraper makes it impossible for me to make planet fall and maintain structural integrity. There are compensations, though. Oh, sure. I can see and feel things you guys can't even imagine. The problem is remembering the things I'll never see or feel again. Okay, okay. Enough of this maudlin sentimentality. Let's celebrate. First humans to reach Mars and return. Here, Janine. Catch. Non-alcoholic champagne in a plastic squeeze bottle? Somehow, I don't think Dom Perignon is feeling threatened. 123 days and a wake-up and we'll all be home. How long before we can leave orbit, George? Three hours and 12 minutes. Shall I begin preparations? You bet. And put on Ride of the Valkyries. Do I have to? You know how I hate Wagner. Come on, it's uplifting. They're welcoming heroes. That's us, baby. Except the heroes the Valkyries are welcoming are dead. A minor detail. Fine. I just won't listen. Being able to turn up my ears is a real advantage compared to when I had to stuff them with cotton. Get on the keyboard if you need me for anything. Let's start getting this stuff stowed so we can get out of here. I'm really looking forward to getting home. I can hardly wait to see my little boy. How old is he? I know you've told me, but I can barely remember how old my own daughter is. He'll turn six in a month. 
I won't be home for his birthday. Debbie turns 16 two weeks after we leave quarantine. That's a big deal in a girl's life. I know. I'm getting her her own car, a new Raptor. Wow, what a dad. It's small, but it's built like a tank. It should keep her safe. She's a lucky girl. I'm a lucky dad. Fred, did George sound a little depressed to you? Depressed? George can't be depressed. His neural chemical balance is monitored so closely he can't get depressed, or manic, or anything else outside a narrow range without it being counteracted. Nevertheless... He could be in a dogfight outnumbered five to one and never raise a bead of metaphorical sweat on that little black box his central nervous system now calls home. Are you sure it's working properly? It was when we left for the surface, what, 43 hours ago? Besides, there'd be a warning light if something were out of whack. How long has he been part of this ship? He isn't part of this ship any more than you're part of your body. He is the ship. Here, stow that in your locker. But how long has he been like this? His accident was eight years ago. He spent about a year as a sentient vegetable. That was when they offered him this opportunity? Yeah, he spent another five years undergoing surgery and training. Once that was finished, we spent two years building the ship around him. <sighs> that must have been a horrible time for him. It wasn't really so bad. George, damn it! Don't sneak up on us like that! Sorry. It wasn't bad. At least I was doing something. Not like just after the crash. I was given a chance to make a difference. Were you able to move at all after you were hurt? No. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. It took them a couple of months to find out that I wasn't a total vegetable. After they figured out that I was sentient, a sentient vegetable like Fred said, they fitted me with a computer so that I could communicate by thinking about typing. That must have been a great relief. You have no idea. How long were you like that? About a year. Then Fred came up with the idea of making me the first cyborg spacecraft. Actually, I didn't come up with the idea. I ran across a squint back at Marshall who was finishing up a concept study on a cyborg ship. I just mentioned where he might find a willing subject for the real thing. Saved my life with that, Frank did. How's that? Being a sentient vegetable is killing me. I'm a pilot. I flew all over the earth and the moon. Being stuck in one room was a living death. The real thing wasn't that far off. So you agreed to the surgery? Absolutely. They started by grafting electronic interfaces onto various parts of my spinal cord above the brain, seeing what worked what. When they had that figured out, they paired me down to my central nervous system and gave me my first new body. What was that? A mini-sub. I had a lot of fun zipping around underwater. Then they put me into an airplane, a lunar transport, and now this. What will you do when you get back to Earth? Whatever they want me to do, I suppose. It's not like I have a whole lot of options. You okay, George? Yes, Brad. I'm fine. Why do you ask? I don't know. You sound different somehow. While you were planet-side, I spent a little time tuning the speaker response. Do you like the change? Uh, yeah, I guess. That's good. If you'll excuse me, I need to check the burn calcs again. Sure, George. If something were wrong, if you weren't feeling right, you'd tell me, right? Of course.
Okay, George, we've gotten everything nailed down that can be, and we're buttoning tight. When do we break orbit? Two minutes. Can't be too soon for me. I really hate being weightless. Even a little bit of gravity we get under acceleration is better than floating around like a little bit of goose down. How did you ever make it through training? An iron will and the ability to use a barf bag quietly. Survival kit if I ever heard one. George, how's the reactor doing? Everything's nominal, Fred. Bring up magnetic containment. George? Momentary glitch. Give me a minute. What's going on? That's what I'm trying to find out. George, I'm not seeing any response in the coils. That's not totally surprising. Why isn't that surprising? I can't feel my legs. Legs? What legs? The engines. He can't get the engines to respond. Try again. Can you feel anything back there? I'm trying. I'm sending the signals, but nothing is responding. I know everything's there. I just can't get it to do anything. What about attitude jets? Those are all functioning normally. I just can't move my legs. Fred? Yeah, George? I think I'm paralyzed. Are you sure you've got all the microphones turned off in here? Absolutely. Can't have George overhearing this conversation. So just what the hell is going on? Why can't George fire the engines? Damn if I know. Everything looks fine. Diagnostics check out. We should be on our way home now. Well, we're not. We're three hours late. And have you looked at our orbit projections lately? No. I've been too busy trying to find out why George's legs won't work. They're not George's legs. They're the ship's engines. Yeah, well, whatever you call them, they won't respond to command. You better find a way to get them started soon. Our orbit is decaying. We weren't supposed to be here this long. I know. We took up a low orbit to make the trip to the surface easier. It meant faster decay, but we weren't going to be here long enough for it to be a problem. Now it's a problem. How big a problem? Big enough. The longer we're here, the lower we get. The lower we get, the more fuel it's going to take to break orbit. Within two hours, we'll have to use more fuel than we can afford. What do you mean? If we try to maintain schedule, we won't have enough fuel to slow our speed enough to insert into Earth orbit. We can conserve fuel, turn off the engines early, take longer to get back. One hour from now, we will have come up on our last burn window. After that, we will have passed the point of no return. The travel time will be so long that we'll run out of food and air. Two hours after that, we'll enter Mars atmosphere. So... What do we do? All the circuitry from the nav station back to the engines is in working order, right? Right. So the only thing that's keeping George from firing the engines is probably some kind of psychological blockage. That's impossible. That's the only explanation. It's not hardware, so it must be software. We don't have time to psychoanalyze him. That's for sure. Then, repeating my earlier question, what do we do now? Bypass George and operate the engines manually, just until we get started. Then we can bring him back into operation to handle course corrections. I can't do that. Taking George offline is like locking him in a sensory deprivation chamber. He's had more than enough of that. 
I don't know what it would do to him. I don't see how we have any choice. Which would you rather do? Take George offline for a couple of hours or crash and burn on Mars? I guess you're right. I still don't like it, but I'll go shut down George's interfaces. You bring up the nav station. When I get back, we'll try to fire the engines manually. We'd better do more than try. Oh, Fred. I'm really disappointed in you. can't get the door to the engine room open. Let me see if I can get it from here. No use. It just won't open. George. Wait. Are you sure? We have to get the door open. George. Yes, Janine. George, can you open the engine room door for us? Why do you need to get into the engine room? We have to take you offline so that we can fire the engines manually. I'm afraid I can't let you do that. <sighs> we have to do it, George. You can't, so we have to. If we don't fire the engines in 30 minutes, we'll never get home. I know. I'm sorry about that. If we don't fire the engines, we'll all die. You'll only be offline a short time. We'll bring you back into the loop as soon as we're on our way home. I don't intend to go home. What? That's nuts. Why, George? Why don't you want to go home? While you two were planet side, the drug delivery system that kept me dope broke down. My physical body, if you want to call it that, it's so small now that it didn't take long for the residual effects to wash out. That's impossible. The status display showed everything nominal. I had the display. I knew it. I knew something was different. You sounded depressed when we got back. I was depressed for a while. I thought about my life trapped in this little black box. I thought about my life before the accident. I thought about how I made the wrong decision. You were ecstatic when you learned that you could become a cyborg. No one told me the downside. Oh, what downside? You said you enjoyed being part of a ship. I did, for a while. But I started missing all the things I used to have. You had the best care, the finest equipment. What I didn't have was the ability to touch another person, make love to a woman, meet my buddies in a bar and get drunk. In short, human contact. I thought the treatments you got were supposed to keep you from feeling that way. You mean the drugs. They couldn't keep me from feeling that way, from thinking about it. But they did keep me from caring enough to do anything about it. I've been thinking about this for a long time. What do you mean? I've gotten really good at lying over the years. I was bored during the transition times. So, as an intellectual exercise, 
I started seeing just what I could get away with. As long as there was no way for my handlers to empirically verify what I told them, they pretty much believed whatever I said. They wanted to believe I was happy. But the treatments kept you from doing anything overt. <sighs> then the delivery system broke down. And I started feeling for real. I can't go back to that, that isolation. I should have died in the accident. It would have been better if I did. Now, I'm going to correct that. How? I'm going to do a swan dive into the surface of Mars. George, you're gonna kill us too. I know. I wish I didn't have to, but I don't see any way around it. Don't do it, George. When we get back to Earth, we can tell the others how you feel. You can get help. You mean more drugs? Maybe a different cocktail this time? It'll be just more of the same. I'll still be a slave. <sighs> You're not a slave. You have rights. You're a thinking human being. That's not how the powers that be see me. To them, I'm just another piece of high-tech equipment. High-tech equipment doesn't have rights. <gasps> Think about what you're doing. We have families back on Earth. People who love us. I know. You have everything I want and can't have. I'm sorry. Really, I am. <sighs> you can't do this. It's murder. I thought you were my friend. I am, Fred. Believe me. I'm not doing this lightly. I was brought up Catholic, though I haven't practiced in a very long time. I know that suicide is a mortal sin. Taking you two with me isn't going to make much difference to me on the other side. There are just some things you have to do for yourself. Oh, what about all our data? The samples? The samples will go down with us. I have already sent the data back and told them that I'm terminating the mission. They'll never use another cyborg ship. That's one good thing that will come out of this. What's the matter with me? I can't stop yawning. I can't either. That's the carbon dioxide buildup. I turned off the air scrubbers shortly before you arrived back on board. I'm not completely heartless, at least not metaphorically. By the time you start a plunge toward the planet, you'll both be passed out. I'm going to give you one other little gift before you fall asleep. The most valuable gift I can give you. <sighs> what the hell are you talking about? I'm going to give you some time alone, so that you can make physical and emotional contact with another human being. Making love in time of crises is a triumph of life over the presence of death. I'm giving you the one thing I can't have. Now, I'll be putting on a little music for you.
You have been listening to Dark Matter Heroes, written by Robert W. Tinsley. Original music composed and performed by Kai Hartwick and Kevin McLeod. Featured in the cast were Andrei Kuznetsov as George, Tim Gillick as Fred, and Emily Legley as Janine. The series is produced by Mark Brzee, co-production by Chris Snyder, post-production by M.J. Cogburn. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production.